What's good, everybody? This is Dre here, uh, doing this for the first time, actually. Um, you know, shout out to Anchor FM. Uh, if you guys are looking to start your own podcast, that's definitely the way to do it. Um, I know people who have recorded podcasts with Anchor FM, and that's how I got the idea. So shout out to Anchor FM for giving me the opportunity to do this. Want to get into uh, the the state of my favorite football team. The 49ers. It's uh, definitely trying times. And, you know, if you've been a 49er fan, you know that there's been several years of of trying times. This is, you know, one of them at the moment. Uh, we're two and three. Definitely not where any fan would have imagined after coming off a of Super Bowl where we'd be right now. Especially looking at the schedule that came out back in April. You're like, we're, at this point, you think we'd be five and up. You know, the Cardinals, the Giants and the Jets, the Eagles and the Dolphins, all teams that missed. Well, the Eagles made the playoffs, but they shouldn't have. But, you know, somebody had to make it out of the NFC East. But four out of the five teams that we played at the start of the year didn't make the playoffs last year. So you think that we'd be five and out, right? Um, a lot. There's a lot that has gone into why we are two and three. Uh, the first game of the year was just atrocious offensive, offensively. Uh, we just could get nothing. We got nothing going. Um, obviously, you know, Debo and Brandon Ayuk were out, but still, you know, you think with uh, with Jimmy, with uh, well, Kittle got hurt as well in the uh, second quarter. But you you would think that we have enough to beat the Cardinals and their defense. Their defense is like one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. Um, and then obviously when it came down to it, they had no answer for Kyler Murray. Uh, mobile QBs continue to be an issue for this team. Um, and then they couldn't stop DeAndre Hopkins. So um, obviously the first game of the year, you're not really tripping off of it. You know, obviously as a fan, you want your team to win every game. But, you know, that that loss right there, it wasn't the defining moment of the season. Uh, you know, you fast forward the next week, uh, Bosa tears his ACL, Solomon Thomas tears his ACL. Um, Dre Green, Dre Green, Dre Greenlaw hurts himself. Um, Jimmy G high ankle sprain, so you're you're just losing guys left and right. Um, and obviously you have Kittle that was out for um, about two and a half games. Um, so there's definitely like injuries just pile up with this team. Sherm um, was out with the lower leg injury. I think it was a calf injury. So. A lot of this, you know, your your leaders are missing games. But then again, you're like, luckily, we are playing. Like, this is the weak end of our schedule. So they should be winning all these games. Um, you know, they beat the Giants and the Jets, who neither team has won a game yet. So impressive, no. But, you know, you, you got those games you have to win. So then they play the Eagles, which should have been uh, – uh, uh, what I think would a winnable game considering the Eagles hadn't won a game before they played us. And, you know, Bones coming off a, a, a stellar performance against the, the uh, against the Giants. And, I mean, the Eagles defense is just, just okay, really. But, man, what a, what a shit show. I mean, from the offensive line to Nick Mullins, just not – showing that he's not starting quarterback material and then obviously not being able to to contain Carson Wentz in the pocket 
it was just uh it was it was a disaster. I mean, like it's crazy that like the Eagles are so bad that we still had a chance to win that game. Um, obviously the Mullins fumble and then the Carson Wentz um touchdown pass kind of sealed that fate and then the Mullins pick six, which was probably the worst throw I've ever um the worst throw I've ever seen. Because he threw it right to I don't even know who he was he threw to, he threw it right to him. Um so you know, two and two. The next game is a defining one. Like it kind of, you don't want to say it defines the season, but it has implications on where that the the rest of the season could go. Like whether it you know it's trending upward or on the downfall on the downfall. So Jimmy G's back for um, week five, right? You're thinking, okay, we got some decent quarterback play here, right? I think it was silly for us to to really think about just think about it that offensive line that Nick Mullins was playing behind was so bad like Trent Williams is supposed to be you know one of the best you know offensive linemen in the league um I know he's had his, his issues with injuries and whatnot back in his in his uh in his past but still you know he had a great training camp from what I've heard um, you know, you saw that viral video of him, you know, just pancaking somebody in week one. So you're thinking like, all right, you know, he's he's going to protect the quarterback. Week four, he was just atrocious. And then he had the nerve to come out and say, oh, I, I didn't play that bad. Yes, you fucking did, bro. You were you were just sitting there watching people um, sack your quarterback. But I digress from that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think it was silly for – us to really think about like think about it like you you really thought that Jimmy G and Jimmy G is 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 not a mobile quarterback I mean he gets the ball out fast but like he's not a a mobile quarterback he would much rather stand in the pocket and throw than use his legs to run I get it he just tore he's coming off a tour in ACL last last year and you know I'm sure that still is you know a mental thing for him but look man with this offensive line, you you're you're gonna have to be on the move, and that is was a glaring issue, uh, obviously in week four, and then you know it showed again in week five. But this offensive line, man, it just ain't it. Like they're gonna get whoever's playing quarterback back there, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Mullins, whether it's CJ, they're just they're they're gonna get killed back there, man. And I think that's kind of the the frustrating the frustrating part about um, just how they approached this season last year the 49ers were 26th and uh their offensive line ranking was 26th um and it's still it's still crazy to me that jimmy had the year that he had last year with that offensive line ranked 26th but i guess the frustrating part for me is that like the 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 front office like you know lynch shanahan they kind of neglected that glaring need for somebody at offensive line to protect the quarterback. Obviously, they, they got Trent Williams, great. Um, he, well, great when they first got him, at least that's what we thought. He hasn't been great the last two games. In fact, he's been awful. McGlinchey, he hasn't been good since, I don't even know when the last time I was just like, yeah, McGlinchey's doing a good job protecting the quarterback. Because even last year, he was, uh, he was, ugh. But this year, man, he's just, he's looked terrible. 
And then, you know, Daniel Brunskill, he isn't the same uh, guy that replaced. He was McGlinchey's replacement, and he hasn't looked the same. Um, so I think once they get Weston Richburg back, I think he comes off the personally un- unable to play um, list either this week or next. I think it's next week. Um, but I think that the offensive line will look a little bit better when he comes back. Because uh, right now it looks, it looks extremely stale. Um, so, yeah, like what, what went wrong in the 43-17 to 17 loss against the Dolphins? Uh, the offensive line right there. Because, I mean, you, you, you had to know it was coming. I mean, obviously, like, you know, people see how poorly the offensive line played against the Eagles. They see, all right, they got a weakness there. We're going to exploit that. So, of course, they're coming for the quarterback almost every time. Now... Obviously, the the offensive line was that, but that does not excuse Jimmy G's bad play. Look, I if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I I'm a huge fan of Jimmy G. Ever since he came to this organization, you know, you see him. You know, he he came on he came in in 2017 on fire. We won the last what five games, and um. You know, he looked good. Like, he, this was, you know, me and my boys were saying, like, yo, man, we got, we got ourselves a quarterback here. Um, they paid him. They uh, believed that he was going to be the franchise guy. Uh, 2018, he turned his ACL. And, uh, you know, there's there's glooming questions around it. He comes back in 2019, leads his team to the Super Bowl. And when I say lead the team to the Super Bowl, like, he won important games to where the 49ers don't get the number one seed and don't have home field advantage throughout the playoffs without him. They're playing in Seattle in the divisional round. They're playing at Lambeau, in Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship if Jimmy G doesn't perform in the regular season. He didn't do much in the playoffs, but his regular season play is the reason why they were in that position to um, have home field advantage in the playoffs. This year, you think that he takes that next step forward, and he just really he just hasn't, man. And Sunday was just another indication of that, um, you know, whether it be taking sacks instead of throwing it out of bounds, not moving out of the pocket. Um, and then just his, his interceptions. And, you know, th- there's those two interceptions where you're just like, what, what, what are you doing? The first, the first throw was into double coverage. The second throw was just just off by by my, like Debo's five eleven like he, he threw that shit like he was Wilt Chamberlain. So that was um, that was definitely it's definitely been disappointing watching Jimmy Jimmy this year and I hate to say it because I want the guy to do well so bad but um, if he doesn't turn it around here um, by the end of the season the 49ers really need to think about. Um, getting rid of him and I, I really do hate to say that that hurts to say because I've been Jimmy's biggest defender for a, a, over like a couple of years now and you know I want to see the guy do well I want to see him do well with my team um but yeah man he, he he's gonna have to figure out a way you know if he's hurt then that's one thing but look if he was good to go out there like he said he felt pretty good then hey you uh you gotta you, you, you gotta put on for your team. So that's that. And then I think 
this might have been the, the 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 reason why we lost here, like the reason. Like obviously, you know, Jimmy didn't play well. The offensive line didn't do well. This is the reason why we lost right here. Not, I don't. I don't want to say it's completely his fault, but Robert Sala, man. What, what the, what the fuck compelled you to start a practice squad guy? And leave him um, on an island in man coverage. No safety help. Nothing. What compelled you to leave to start this guy? Brian Allen, number, number 48. I was sitting there. I didn't even know. I didn't know his name for the longest. I didn't know his name for a whole day. And, like, I'm sitting here. Like, I think, like, the first play of the game it was, like, a 47-yard completion from Ryan Fitzpatrick to – I don't even remember who the receiver was, but this dude, man, Brian Allen, just he couldn't cover anything. And I, I knew from right, right then and there, I'm like, okay, yeah, they need to get this guy off the field now. And you know, they score on the first on the first drive, uh, and then their second drive, he's he's just uh, he gets burned again, you know, pi. Um, a deep ball, like why? Why is this man one on one with Devonte Parker? Why, with no safety help? I just I make it make sense. I really don't understand it. So like, obviously, the, the guy just he didn't belong. He doesn't belong in there. He's a practice squad guy. He just got called off from the practice squad two days ago. Why is he starting? And then you then comes to find out, Akila Witherspoon, who, you know, he isn't is he much better? You know, not really. Because, you know, Killer Witherspoon's had his struggles, you know, last year when he came back from his injury. But then you come to find out a Killer Witherspoon was active the entire time. Why the fuck wasn't he playing? Oh, you find out he's ready to go in case of an emergency from Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, man, it was an emergency on the very first drive of the game. You see, all right, man, this dude is outmatched. They knew. Coming in, that guy was starting, and they're just like, all right, we're going to exploit him. You knew that, and you made no adjustments. Like, the game had already been decided. It was, what, 20, I think it was 28-7 to when um, they decided to yank him out. Like, all right, it's too fucking late. Like, you, I, I just, I really don't get that. And I feel bad for the guy because, you know, after that first 50, almost 50 yard throw on your head, you're thinking like, fuck man, like they're going to, they're coming at me every play and there's really nothing I could do about it. So like, I think after the second drive, this dude's probably thinking like, man, get me the fuck out of here. So I think that Salah kind of left him out to dry, didn't make any adjustments. And then you put in Witherspoon when the game's already decided. So I think that that was a, a little bit on, on Sala, B, a little bit on Witherspoon, man. And, you know, you listen to Dante Whitner in the postgame. Um, he didn't hold back when talking about a killer Witherspoon, called him soft. Um, and look, man, it, those who follow me on Twitter, those who know me personally know that I don't I don't take it easy on a killer Witherspoon. A killer Witherspoon fucking stinks in my eyes. You know, since he came back from injury, he hasn't been great. Um, and then obviously he's been injured uh, this season. But look, man. Any anybody but Brian Allen would have been better out there. Um, hell, even Dante Johnson and Dante Johnson is is trash in my eyes too. 
But, look, man, Spoon, you gotta you gotta kind of plead your case here and be like, hey, like, let me go in after that after that first drive. Like, you don't be you you don't sit there and be like, oh, the case of emergency. It was emergency after the first drive. Like, there's there's no like if I'm if I'm Robert Sala and I see Brian Allen out there struggling, yeah, you gotta you gotta some safety help, man. You gotta slide over Jimmy Ward or slide over Jaquaski Tart to you know help this guy out because they were just just throwing deep balls at him. This dude gave him 121 yards and not not even one half. So you know the 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 Dolphins they they put 43 points on us and I didn't hold us to 17. Um, so. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like I said, this is definitely not where any of us thought we'd be right now. But going moving forward, our schedule is hell. We have the Rams on Sunday Night Football, the Patriots the following week, the Seahawks the following week, the Packers, then the Saints. All five of those games, based on how we've been playing, you might as well L, 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 L. And I hate to say it because this team, this is still a talented team. Like, if you look at who we have on offense, who we have on defense, like, this is still a talented team. Like, our defense isn't as dominant, obviously, without Nick Bosa or Richard Sherman. But we still have pieces um, on defense. We still have Fred Warner. We still have um, Eric Armstead. We still have, you know, DJ Jones. Um, a surprise actually on our defense has been Kerry Hardy Jr. I like the way he's been playing. He's been one of the, the, the bright spots of this team. And, you know, obviously Javon Kinlaw, who's, you know, he's raw, you know, still has to figure some things out, but I like the way that he's been playing to start the year. This team's got a lot to figure out, man. Um, in terms of, you know, what they're going to do with their secondary. And that's another thing. They neglected um, their glaring need at secondary. Um, they actually did. Um, they signed somebody from the Buccaneers. I'm I'm blanking on his name right now, but he was a great uh, a great um, undrafted player that the Buccaneers picked up. Um, and I was watching some of his college highlights today, and um, he was hella good. So. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table because, again, our, we're so banged up at secondary with Emmanuel Mosley out, Richard Sherman out. I think that we def- we desperately need somebody at secondary. Um, anybody, anybody for Brian Allen, I'm sorry. That's just never again. Um, but, you know, looking forward to um, our Sunday matchup against the Rams. Uh, the Rams are back to their 2008, or 2018, excuse me, back to their 2018 selves, um, where they've seemed to have, you know, found a cure for that Super Bowl hangover that they had last year. Um, Jared Goff's playing well, uh, Jalen Ramsey's playing well, um, and they're rolling, they're 4-1, easily could be 5-0, and um, and this is going to be a Sunday night game where I, I personally don't see us competing with them unless we, I don't even know, 
pep talk, prayer, something. I, I, I personally, I really don't know what we need to do in terms of uh, preparing for this game because, um, you know, Jimmy doesn't look great. Who knows if he's still hurt? I mean, I don't know. High ankle sprain coming back after three weeks. I, I don't know. Seems like they kind of they, maybe they rushed him back too uh, too soon, but you know he's our he's our best option because CJ or Nick is no. But you look at our secondary and our offensive line. Our offensive line, I think Aaron Donald might have five solo sacks tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, uh, uh, Sunday, next game against us. Whoever's quarterback just needs to stop, drop, and roll because Aaron Donald is going to demolish our offensive line because they have nobody that can block. And it's sad. But um, like I said, looking forward, this is definitely not the season anybody had hoped for. I personally thought that the 49ers would have uh, been the team to get over the Super Bowl hangover. I personally thought that they would could you know have another 13 and three season. It's incredibly hard to go 13 and three again. I realized that when I made these predictions. Um, however, the way their schedule was set up, I think they 100% could have gone 13 and three, you know, you win your first, I don't know, five, maybe six games, you're in a rhythm, you know, the team's rolling, but, you know, obviously with everything that was going on with no OTAs, no training, or no, they had training camp, no preseason, they didn't have any preseason. And then, you know, obviously with the injuries and all that, uh, shit has just kind of gotten out of hand. Um, but again, this is, you know, game five. They still have 11 more games to play. A lot can change um, over the course of the season. You know, who knows? Maybe this was just a, a, an, any given Sunday game where Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like the second coming of Dan Marino. And, you know, we looked like the 2000, the 2014, 15, 2015 through 2018 49ers, where we were just completely trash. Just one of those games. I you just you just never know. But uh, again, thank you for listening to this pod, and um, I'll be sure to keep a consistent stream of these going. You know, I want to do like a little preview of the 49ers and Rams games. Um, definitely gonna have like more people on here, like Niner fans or just football fans in general, come on and um, you know, discuss what we got going on here. So uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, catch you guys on the next one.